With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. The Predators have jumped out to a 2-0 lead on the Flames. Five minutes left in the first period there. Also in the first, Blues up 1-0 on the Senators. In the second period, Islanders lead the Capitals 2-zip. Rangers up 3-0 on the Blue Jackets. The Penguins are leading the Ducks 2-1. Dallas shutting out Vegas 4-0. We have some finals from uh, early games. Uh, MLK Junior Day in the United States. Panthers knock off the Sabres 4-1. Bruins hammer the Flyers 6-0. Avalanche take down the Red Wings 6-3. Devils win in a shootout 4-3 over the Sharks. And Tampa Bay beat Seattle 4-1 as Seattle's eight-game winning streak comes to an end. The Kraken are here tomorrow night. Rogers place to take on the Edmonton Oilers. We have it for you on 6.30. Chad, face-off show will be at 5.30, and the game will start at 7. NFL playoff game tonight. Ten minutes left in the first quarter. Still looking for the first score of the game. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Well, one of the all-time most popular members of the Vancouver Canucks has passed away. Gino Ojic. 12 seasons in the NHL for the Canucks, also played for the Islanders, Flyers, and Canadians, and a, a lot of people reacting to this, including a gentleman who was Ojik's teammate with the Vancouver Canucks for a spell, Jeff Cortnall, and Jeff checks in tonight. Jeff, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. My condolences. Appreciate you doing this under uh, a tough circumstances. I'll just kind of start generally. When you hear the name Gino Ojik, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's obviously probably one of the toughest characters that I played with, but just, uh, you know what, he was just an amazing guy. He was so much fun to I mean, every day there was, he was just a big gentle giant uh, off the ice and in the dressing room, and we sure had a lot of fun together. You mentioned being a gentle giant, uh, and, and clearly he, he played a role, and he, he often played it quite well. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the year you guys went to the cup final. He had 271 penalty minutes in the regular season. How, how do you contrast his attitude on the ice with his attitude off the ice? Well, I mean, it's very interesting. He is a very competitive guy. He knew his role. Uh, and and to be honest with you, he just continued to improve every year that I played with him here in Vancouver. And uh, he could play. I mean, he could skate. He had a good shot. And he was physical. I mean, I, I'm sure if he had talked to lots of teams that were in our division, including Edmonton and Calgary and Winnipeg, that they did not like playing against him because he he would punish a lot of guys. Did he was he the type of guy who would say you know if a guy was was picking on you or Burray or or Ronning would he come to you guys and say don't worry I got this or or let me know when you need me to step in how did he handle situations like that? 
Uh, he just basically, we, you knew what he was going to do, and he handled it extremely well. I mean, he he would go after the other players uh, on the other teams that were the top guys and tell other guys on teams that we were basically, uh, you know, if he was, if we were, they were going to go after us, he was going to go after their top guys, and you know, he usually quieted things down pretty quickly. Um, he, as I mentioned, and, and when you Google Gino over the last, you know, since we lost him, uh, the, the term fan favorite or popular or beloved is in a lot of stories and in a lot of the headlines. You know, some players might might shy away from that. You know, hockey is a sport that sometimes maybe doesn't celebrate personalities, but my memories of seeing Gino was just someone who watched him on TV was that he sort of embraced that. How do you remember Gino um, in terms of the fan interaction and the community interaction? Yeah, he, uh, you know, he was very uh, visible in the community. Um, he was out at a lot of you know, different community events, charity events, hospital events. I mean, he really was a fan favorite. People loved him here. Um, you know, I mean, when I first got here, the Gino chants were nonstop, even when he got out on the ice. And um, it was it was very interesting. I mean, he he went out of his way to do so much for not only you know our fans but the first nations communities here in vancouver uh he was involved with them all and continued to be involved with them all even to today and i think that uh you know people just love Demir. yeah jeff cordell joining us in inside sports remembering his former canucks teammate gino ojik um the, the the season I, I referenced, obviously, you guys had that incredible uh, run to the Stanley Cup final in, in 1994, just came up one win short against the Rangers. Both you guys were on that team. I, I don't think he played in every playoff game, but what any memories of, of him or, uh, you know, his involvement in, in that great playoff year? Yeah, I think he, uh, he played in most of the games. There was a few that he didn't play in for sure, but I think that uh, he was a big part of our success. And I think, uh, you know, he uh, he just was a great leader in the room. I mean, he just, he was fun. He kept guys, you know, relaxed and, uh, you know, joking around. And he and Pavel were very, very close. They were roommates, so they spent a lot of time together on the road. And I think he... You know, he pushed Pavel to be the best. And, uh, you know, I think that he also really gave us all a lot of confidence. Jeff, do you remember the last time you spoke to him? Were you in touch a lot, or how did the relationship yeah, play out? Yeah, yeah, I would see him a lot. I actually, um, a month ago, I was at uh, a game here in uh, Vancouver with a, a group for a um, charity that we, obviously, my family's involved in with mental health. And Gino came into the box. You know, he's having a hard. He was having a hard time moving around lately with the, the issues with his legs. And um, he 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 came into the box for a whole period, said hi to everyone that was there at the game in the box, shook hands, took pictures. He's just like amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I was very shocked on Saturday when I heard the news and. Uh, you know, it's very, very sad. 
Well, and I mean, his journey to the NHL, I think, is one of perseverance and dedication and overcoming the odds. And um, there, there was that awful story in 2014 that unfortunately he was quite ill. And there was worry at that time that, that we were going to lose him. So I, I know as tragic as it is to, that he's gone now, but I mean, these last eight or nine years, um, you know, he had to battle to get those, didn't he? Yes, I think, you know, I was with him at the hospital in 2014 and he was, well, the, the doctors and nurses told us, I was there with Pat Quinn and they told Pat and I that they didn't think he would make it till the next day and and then, you know, we came back again two days later and he was, you know, he didn't, he wasn't really coherent and didn't know what was going on and then the recovery was unbelievable, I, I mean, shocking, so yeah, the the last nine years have been, you know, something that I think he really cherished. He's done a lot of great things in the last nine years, and he's really helped a lot of people, a lot of a lot of communities. I, I know you sort of touched on it, but is there an example that that comes to mind, if you don't mind me asking, or an experience well, I, you saw of him do something? Well, I mean, I think that uh, you know he was always the first one to you know, call me or text me and ask me if I was going to the game and if I needed, you know, any night he was going to go to the game, he would text me and ask me if I was going and what box was I going to be in and do you need me to do anything? That's just the way he was. But I think not only that, you know, he was also unbelievable here for a lot of the First Nations communities, um, you know, working with a lot of the businesses here in Vancouver, um, trying to help them all work together in a future that he felt that it took both parties to work together to help each other. Um, and I think that he was a big factor here for a lot of things that have happened. Jeff, do you have a favorite Gino Ojic fight or goal? Uh, by far the favorite goal is, uh, I mean, oh, it's just, he got a penalty shot against Calgary and uh, it was against Vernon, was in net. It was in Vancouver, and so anyways, we're all sitting on the bench, you know. I was just hopeful that he would get a shot away, but he went in, and the puck started to bounce, and he scored the goal, and he he literally danced from the friggin' goal line all the way out to center, and he was just going crazy, and it was just the fans were going crazy. And uh, the next year at training camp, Gino and Pavel were doing a radio show, and people were calling in and one of the guys on the team called in and he said Gino when you scored that penalty shot last year he said it rained at my house for a week <laughs> <laughs> and anyway Gino was just like his response was just unbelievable I mean it was just the greatest he's such a oh he was just such an amazing character and great player for us I know it's ultimately not not your call, um, but but I've seen it come up in some discussions online and with other people who have been interviewed. Uh, do you hope he's placed in the Canucks Ring of Honor someday? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, he's definitely. You know, he's a legend. That's for sure. And the Canucks fans, you know, they'll probably pressure the ownership group to do that. And who knows? They'll probably end up doing something. Is there a? This might be a tough question. Is there a modern day Gino Ojic? Is there anybody that re reminds you Gino, or do you think he's just one of a kind? Yeah, he's one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I mean. He's an amazing, you know, nobody wanted to fight him. Uh, he came to play every night, friggin' hit, and he could and he could play like he could score. So 
there's not a ton of guys out there like that. I mean, uh, you know, today Reese is pretty good, and he's obviously tough, and no one wants to fight him either. But I don't. I mean, I don't know him, but he'd be about the only guy. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I, I appreciate this. I, I can feel how much love and respect you had for Gino just by your answers tonight. And again, my condolences to you and, and all the Canucks family that have lost Gino, but I really appreciate your perspective tonight. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. That is Jeff Cordell checking in, former Vancouver Canuck with some memories of Gino Ojek, who has passed away. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Now the Oilers the other way, scoring is Cleve Costin down the right side. He's done it again, Costin with his knife. What a response by Edmonton. I mean, he just flat out picked it. What a shot by Clem Costin. Yanmark the play up the wall. Costin looked off Nugent Hopkins no. and buried it inside the goalpost. Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer describing the goal on Saturday night. Clem the dream. Mr. Clem. Whatever you want to call him. Absolutely on fire for Edmonton. What a pickup in a trade that didn't get uh, much attention when it happened. Dmitry Samarukov to St. Louis for Kleem Kostin, who now has nine goals on the season, four goals in his last three games, seven goals in his last nine games. Exactly what the Oilers needed. So with uh, Kostin, I started thinking, when did he start playing hockey? Who got him into hockey? What's his family life like? I got to talk to him after Oilers practice today. Have you ever scored like at this pace? Maybe like when was the last time you were able to get all these goals in such a short span of time? We were like 10 years old. <laughs> no, 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 it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think's working for you? Well, I don't know. Just like like I said before, it's like good atmosphere in the team. Coaching staff helped me a lot. They work with me like every day and uh, a lot of details. And then. Yeah, I think like they just uh, helping to to prove my game. So I want to ask you a little bit about growing up. I mean, in in Canada, as you know, hockey's the big sport. A lot of kids play when they're little. Did, was it? Did you start as a really young guy? When did you start playing? Oh, actually, like my dad was a like um, hockey player, like um, when he uh, when he was young. So it's kind of. He brought me to the hockey when I was like three or four and then just like put me on ice. So since the time like I started playing hockey though. So your dad got you into it. Yeah, did did yeah, you, yeah. Do you have any siblings? What is this? Oh, uh, brothers and si brothers and yeah, sisters. Sister. I have like um, eight, uh, eight years older sister. Okay. So she's like eight years older, right? Yeah. Okay. So now did you play other sports as well or was it all hockey for you when you were young? 
not not professionally, but like I just like to go uh, like uh, outside of uh, and just play some soccer. Like when you were a little guy. Yeah, when I was like when I, I was still playing though, like during the summer. Are you any good? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> you think you could could have you played pro? I can be like center back for some for Manchester United. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, as as you were growing up, how how big is it? Penza is that the name of the city you grew up in? How how big was that? Like how how big is the city? Yeah. Like how many people live there? About. I don't know. Like maybe like half a million. Okay. So it's like not really big, but not, not the smallest one. Yeah. And when did you move to Moscow? When I was, uh, I think, 11 or 12. So the. I had College of Dynamo Moscow. <coughs> I'm sorry. He um, he came in Penza and just like have a talk with my dad, and then he said like uh, your son is playing for Dynamo right now. Like right now, I was like oh like, and he my dad like actually like just comes comes back home, and then he was like you're gonna play uh, you're gonna play Dynamo, so pack your uh, stuff. We're moving Moscow. So how hard is that to move? It's actually it was like like hard for for a young boy, so change everything, but it's worth it. So it's it's brought me where I am right now. Who did you live with when you moved? Uh, like most of the time with the grandma. Okay. And so you then had yeah, and then my dad, my and mom, sister. At that time, she was like kind of like they were uh, visiting me. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, um, and then obviously you get drafted eventually. What was your draft story? Were were you at the draft, or where were you when you found out St. Louis picked you? <coughs> yeah, we're at the draft. We got, uh, I think, at, the, at that year, like only this year, we got some like some room be, uh, behind this uh, sense, like for top ten or top eight guys. I was sitting there, but I, I go like thirty first. <laughs> it was actually sucks, but like, um, like. I'm okay with that. So I got like a surgery this year. I didn't play like first seven months. So it's probably it, that's why I go so low. Right. Okay. So have your parents have your parents seen you play in person in the NHL, either for St. Louis or for the Oilers? My dad, my mom never watched watched me play, and she was so nervous. So she never watched me. Like she never saw me. I think when I was maybe like during promotional time. Okay. Yeah. But my dad was like at the first four games, and then he's uh, he's coming right now. He's on the way to Edmonton. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. How excited are you for that? Oh be yeah, fun. I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. That's he gave me some like tough time, but I'm really, I really want to see him. Uh, now, in terms of you know moving from St. Louis to Edmonton, how have you fit in to the city? Like, what what have you learned about Edmonton that maybe you didn't know? I'm not actually like know a lot about city. It's a really good city. I liked it. Just uh, most of the time, I just been in my room. <laughs> I'm just like sitting at the hotel, but sometimes sometimes we go like uh, for dinner with the with the boys. So yeah, I'm, nothing nothing I can say bad about the city. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It was a little cold before Christmas. It's similar to Russia, so, so you're okay. I, yeah, I'm not like I'm not afraid of cold weather. When you were when you were growing up, what hockey players did you look up to? Did you like to cheer cheer for? There was a lot of good players, like 
Datsu, Kovalchuk, Ovechkin, those guys. Love the Russian guys. Yeah, yeah. they kind of legend, like, oh, like legends. So <coughs> yeah, it was a lot of a lot of good players. So yeah, I'm not actually like looking for someone, but just. Well, well, a lot of fans now are looking up to you because you're playing so well for the Oilers. What's that like to kind of uh, have the fans behind you like that? Oh, yeah. I, I said it a lot of times before that uh, fans is the most important thing, I think, in, in uh, our sport. Uh, they always uh, give us a lot of energy, like at the home games. It's like, it's a, like I don't know, it's insane to play in this building. It's always parked, like, all, like always like sold out and sold out. Yeah, it just like, I, 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 like it's it's good for us, and uh, we will uh, we will try to to win as many as many games as we can at home. <laughs> Kaleem, thanks for doing this. Thank it's you. nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right, that is Kaleem Costin. Got to have him one-on-one after practice today. Loves being an Edmonton Oiler. Adjusting to life as an Edmontonian. Loves the fans, loves the vibe at Rogers Place. And I think many of you love him and what he's been doing. Found that interesting. His dad's coming to Edmonton soon to see him play. His mom too nervous to watch him play during games. So she's never uh, come to see him play in the National Hockey League. And like a lot of Canadian kids, had to move away from home young, grew up in the city of Penza, went to Moscow, lived with his grandma for a while, then his parents eventually came, but that was part of his journey to the National Hockey League. Okay, I can't wait to find out. A 98-yard defensive touchdown, a blown lead of 27 points. What's Blake Dermott thinking? Oh, I can't wait.